may be seated. You don't have to, though, Alan. You can stand up. Just don't block the people behind you. Any uh, children, kindergarten through third grade, are uh, welcome to children and uh, worship today. And I think uh, today's that uh, first day where new kindergartners get to go and new uh, fourth graders get to stay. And we're, we're glad to have you. Well, um, you know, I, I think one of the, the worst things, <laughs> she was glad doing a little dance, a little extra praise. Um, one of the worst things is to succeed wonderfully at the wrong assignment. You, you done that before? Remember really well? I think it was a calculus test where I did the problem just right, even neatly, which is a miracle if you've seen my handwriting, and in finding the minimum value for this particular equation, the only problem was they were asking for the maximum value. So I got no value for all the work that uh, I did. Um, When you succeed at the wrong assignment... Um, uh, or you know, imagine a group of mountain climbers training and working and climbing a mountain and they get to the top just to find out they had climbed the wrong mountain. It happens periodically, particularly in some uh, mountains uh, in, the, um, in Oregon, uh, the um, Wallowus mountain range, Mount Cusick there. There's some limber pine trees that... Folks that know these kind of things estimate that the trees are like 3,000 years old. And it's not particularly challenging climb. It's about 12 miles to get there. But there's a few places where if you're not in tune with the map, you're going to see a a summit that you think is it. And you're going to walk about six miles out of your way to find out when you get there, they're not the limber pine trees. And you're going to look to the north and there you'll see the limber Pine trees about five or six miles away. So it's a really bummer when you've climbed the mountain only to find it's the wrong mountaintop. Um, uh, I regularly share a story like that at the time of a, of a funeral. Um, because the people that are there, you know, the, the funerals are not for the dead. You know, if, if you die in Jesus, you're at a much better worship service than anything we can even try to put together um, here. But for, it's for the living. And for those that are living, the, at the time of death is a time when the living will stop and take a look at their lives. One of the few times that, you know, we're quiet and reflective together. And it's a great time to say, are we climbing the right mountain. Because we don't want to get to the top and find out it's the wrong mountain. Well, for us as a church, you know, the, the same thing that uh, um, is, uh, we, we want to be sure the mountain that we're climbing, the journey we're on is on the right destination. That, that the mission we're on is the mission of God. And not my mission or your mission or our mission, but God's mission. And so in the next, uh, um, starting this, this fall, um, we're going to start a journey called the Gospel Project. 
uh, Daryl mentioned it, and it's a walk through the whole of the scriptures over the course of, of three years. We'll do it in the, the middle hour, and if you want more information about it on your way out, you've got about a nine-page description of what we'll be doing together, where we'll be looking through, reading through, studying together God's mission. The, the journey, the, the map that of, of God's people from the beginning of time to the end. It, it's a journey that we are a part of as the church of Jesus Christ. And the way, and as we read the whole story of God, God's interaction with all of God's people throughout time, we will be inundated, immersed, saturated in the mission of God for God's people. Because we don't want to be climbing the wrong mountain. We don't want to be successful in the wrong assignment. And so uh, today, we're going to take a a look at what truly is important in the mission of God. Um, And I encourage uh, everyone to participate again. It's going to be at 10 o'clock. 1010 in Fellowship Hall that will join together. And, and all ages will be doing the same thing, from the youngest to, to the adults. And each different classroom will be studying the same passage, the same story um, together, so that we all are sure that we're on the same mission together. All right, so what we'll look at first, we'll look at two passages today. One in John chapter 17, starting with page 14. Then we'll, in a, we'll jump to Luke chapter 4 um, uh, um, after we look at John 14, but, or John uh, 17. And what we have here is, is in John 17 is Jesus' prayer. Uh, just before the, the crucifixion, so it's his last prayer. He's praying to the Father, and he's praying particularly for the disciples around him. It's 880 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen, or whatever form you have of the Scriptures. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for your written word. Uh, We thank you for how it speaks to us, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would indeed uh, enable us to hear, receive, and uh, follow um, what you say. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so again, we're in the middle of Jesus' prayer to the Father. Starting with verse 14. I've given them your word. And the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you've sent me into the world, so I've sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
All right, so the, just uh, we'll take uh, this section of this passage and sort of get Jesus here. He's, um, he's praying to the Father to see his, his mission and how he connects with, with God's um, mission for him and how we connect with that mission as well. Um, what uh, um, one thing that you, you see here is Jesus talking about there's a, there's a way of God that he's passing on the word he says I've given them your word and then in 17 he says your word is truth and so that's his message his mission and, and for us today what we have is God's written word as that as the truth as the the that contains and connects us with uh, God's um, ideas and thoughts his revelation to us, his mission, the, the map for God's people throughout time. And, um, and he, he says it now, but your word, your word is in a consistent battle with the ways of the world. There, there will be other ideas that are not God's ideas, other maps, other missions, there, uh, other mountains uh, that maybe you could climb. They're not God's mountain. They're not God's map. They're not God's mission. And you have to be aware that the, the power of the world is seductive and it's always there. It can get you in the funniest ways and most unusual places. And it's always there. Um, I was uh, uh, with some friends, actually Kathy and, and my wife and I were with some friends uh, a few uh, weeks ago and we were started talking about uh, high school days, because we're just trying to re, um, recount those memories so we don't lose them, because, you know, they're starting to go, getting further and further away. And uh, as we were recounting them, um, uh, the friends we were with were talking about a previous conversation with some, another couple, um, and uh, our, our friends had grown up in Ohio, the other couple had grown up in some other um, part of the, the country, and but at the same time, and they started talking about prom, and it turned out they were both the like presidents of their class or the, uh, the chair of the prom committee, and they were the one that chose the theme for their proms, and it just so happened that they both chose the same theme in wholly opposite parts of the country. And some of you may remember, don't stop believing you know, by journey. That was their theme. And they both thought they were so new, so unique. And it was a word from the Lord that had come to them. And maybe it was, uh, or maybe it was just simply we swim in the ways of the world that we don't even see it, but we think that we are unique. Um, you know, it's sort of like, uh, um, one, one thing with, with me is I found out in looking at this that I am unique now. Didn't even know it. Wasn't even trying to be unique, but I am unique because I do not have a tattoo or a piercing. And now Americans 18 and older, more of them have a tattoo or piercing and, uh, then don't have either. And I have neither. I am uncool, but I am unique, more unique than the rest of the Americans. Um, and, and I do, do the same thing. I tell my kids, you know, with my clothes, you know, like fads, you know, it's like fa- I'm just stuck in my wages, the clothes that I like, but I'm like a broken clock. It's right twice a day. Eventually, probably twice a decade. I'm in, I'm in fashion. Uh, the rest of the time I'm, I'm not, but I'm sticking with my plaid. I'm good. But the world will always have another mountain for us to climb. Maybe it's the mountain of survival. You know, I'm just in this to survive, to make it through. Maybe it's the, the mountain of power. 
You know, I'm trying to, to climb the mountain to get more and more power over my surroundings. Or maybe it's fame, success, uh, pleasure. Um, don't know what the mountain is. There's all kinds that the world... And these aren't necessarily bad mountains. It's a good thing to survive. It's a good thing to have power and use it for what is good. It's a good thing for pleasure. I mean, a gift from, from God. They're not bad mountains. It's just they're not the mountain that God has called us to climb. They'll be along the way. They'll be a part of the journey. But they're not the mountain. Not the map. And what we see with with, with Jesus, and what we see as we look at the whole, uh, as we look through the whole of the scripture, that we don't find in here a moral code or a political platform or even goals to obtain. What we find in this is a journey, a divine drama upon which we are an actor on the stage. A story that we're a character in, that God is the author. And this is a, this is a journey of where we live into the fullness of creation as the creator created it to be enjoyed. Life as God intended. That's, that's what this story, that's what this journey, that's what this mountain is that we're climbing to pursue the pleasure and beauty and joy of God together and invite others to join with us. And the scriptures, again, the, the word of God written, are as, as Jesus says here, the, the word is truth. Not truth that we win a debate with, but truth that we live. Truth that, that we follow, that we, that we climb, that, that we live into. That does lead into the, the joy and pleasure of God and God's people. Now, and, and here's where you may, you know, you can ask this. Well, why is this battle there? Why is the world still there? Why is there still sin within me? Why is there an evil one that Jesus says, protect them from the evil one? You know, they're still in the world. They're there, but they're climbing a different battle. Keep them from the evil. Why is that? How does this work? That's a great question. Now read the story. And you'll find out, we'll find out together, or be reminded again, what we need to know to truly journey and climb this mountain for the very joy and beauty and pleasure of God. Now, uh, so Jesus says that the word has come through me. It's to the disciples that are there. And now, 17, 18, 19, he uses the same word a bunch of times. Sanctify. And sanctify means to set apart, to, to be holy, to be a particular, you're on a particular team. That's what the sanctify means. Set them apart to, to, in the midst of this world with all these other mountains, to be climbing this mountain together, to have this mission together. Not, not the missions of the world or the missions of their own making, but the missions of their creator. Set them apart for that. We, we talked about this a lot last week uh, for those that were here in First Peter, um, where we're told that, that God is a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. 
I mean, he has chosen the team and brought them together. And the sanctification is that training and preparing and that climbing together. That we're set apart to live into that mission of God that has been the same from the very beginning. And, and Jesus is the one who lives that mission perfectly. And what he tells us here is that now he is passing the baton onto the disciples that are around him. So you see Jesus with the disciples there. He says, now, as he's praying, what, as you have sent me, Father, so now I send them. And then in verse 20, he then includes us on the team. Or, or anyone here who believes in Jesus. And, and he, he tells them, and, and not, I'm not just asking for these 12, but I'm asking for anyone else who will believe in my name because of their testimony. Well, if you are here believing in Jesus, then that includes you because your spiritual genealogy goes back to that moment with Jesus and those disciples. Because that's where the, the, the word, who the word was given to and who then brought it to others. So we are a part of this team. This mission of God that Jesus lived perfectly, that he passed on to the disciples, has now been passed on to us. We are part of the story on this same mission. And, and then he, he, Jesus says, now, Lord, is it passed on to them? Let them be one. And not only did he mean them, and does he mean them being one as in us, all of us who are physically in this room, but I think he's also saying let them be one throughout history. Let, let this people, this chosen people that you've brought to me, let them be one with the disciples. I mean, we, not only one with each other because we're on the same mission of the, the joy and pleasure and beauty of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the death and resurrection and impending return of Jesus, not only are we on that mission with one another, but we're on that mission with Matthew and John and Mary and Martha. We're, we're on that mission even before with Abraham and Sarah. We're, we're on that mission with Moses and Zipporah, with, with Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Esther. That, that's our team. And, and as we walk through the scriptures together, what we'll see, we'll see one, who our team is, who, just who this holy nation is, who are God's chosen people that we're a part of, and we will be inundated with the very mission of God. And and Jesus says that he's passing this mission on to us. Well, let's go back to Luke chapter 4. And here you'll see, we'll, we'll find where Jesus then highlights this is his mission. This is the the mission that was given to him. Uh, Luke chapter 4, starting with verse 16. Um, you can turn to 835 in your pew Bible or you can follow along. Now, what's happening here, this is the beginning, whereas John's at the end, this is the beginning of of Jesus' ministry. He's um, been baptized, he's gone through the temptations with the the devil in the wilderness, and now he's uh, um, beginning his ministry. In a way, it's sort of like his uh, um, ordination service. Um, Verse 16, when he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read. 
and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So here is Jesus' mission. This is the mission that God has given it, and therefore he has given to us. Now a couple things that, that are important to see. One, that he's reading from the his Bible. You know, Jesus' Bible was not our Bible. Jesus' Bible is a part of our Bible called the Old Testament. That's what he was reading from. Uh, Isaiah, see that God's mission has been presented throughout time since the very beginning. And some folks, and, and some, actually a, a, a one prominent teacher that I know and appreciate na- on a national um, scale, appreciate, but one thing I disagree with this particular person is they will say, you know, we don't need to look at the Old Testament, we just need the New Testament. Because the Old Testament's the book of law. New Testament's the book of grace. And uh, um, I'm like, you know, I, I appreciate that. I understand the New Testament better than the Old Testament a whole lot. The Greek is easier than Hebrew, in my opinion. And on top of that, it's shorter. So, you know, who can fault all of that? The only problem is, in the New Testament, Jesus used the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus quoted from that. Matter of fact, in the New Testament, Jesus uh, said a lot of things very positive about the Old Testament. Matter, he even said, not one jot or tittle will pass away from this law. So it is necessary for the whole. I mean, it's sort of like coming in to the end of a movie. You know, you, you've done that um, where you either... For some of you, you get there really early. Some of us, we get there really late. And, you know, we sort of get there with a third of the movie to go. You sit in. and you, This is in the old days, back when you didn't have assigned seats in movie theaters. And you get there, um, and you'd catch the big, big ending, you know. And it was fun because it was just all the uh, all the, the craziness and the chase scenes and the end and all that. But you didn't know all the details. So then we'd wait, let them clean up, and we'd stay in there and watch the the first two-thirds of the movie. And then all things started to fall into place. And it gave the last part that much more meaning. And so for us, you know, we don't want to just read the last part of the story, especially a story as important as this that tells us who we are and what our mission is. We want to know the whole uh, story. And so Jesus here then, quoting from Isaiah, says, This is what God's purpose is. It is to... um, uh, Bring good news to the poor is to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and for the oppressed to go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Yeah, it's a mission. It's a mission worth giving our, ourselves to. And and what while I'm you know uh, I'm uh, going going on sabbatical um, tomorrow, and I'll be gone for three months. So if I don't see you, uh, happy Thanksgiving. 
uh, to you, um, because the, the next Sunday I'll be here, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Um, uh, but uh, in that time, the session, I mean, the church still goes on. God's still at work, you know, and I'll be out of the way. So probably be at work even better. Um, and, and the session will be leading uh, and starting a discernment process for the, again, for the mission and vision for us as a church, not to come up with our own, but to say, how do we live into this mission? And how are we sure we're living into God's mission and not my mission or your mission or our mission or their mission, but God's? And how does that look for us today? And so that process will be starting and um, be in prayer about it and participate in that as we together will be seeking God's leading. Because, you know, like I said at the beginning, there's a whole lot of mountains that churches can climb and a whole lot of them that can be wrong. Not terrible, but just off just a little bit. And the problem is there's, a, there's one mountain that God is the peak for. And the, the thing, and you've heard me say this before, this can happen a lot with churches, that we can make our mission bucks, bottoms, and buildings. You know, I've shared that before, that our mission is about the, the bucks, you know, the money, and meeting the budget. Not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You should always meet your budgets. And, or bottoms. People, we want more and more people. That's not a bad thing either. That's a good thing for more and more people to hear and know and to be a part of the team or buildings. You know, and buildings can be wonderful, great, beautiful, magnificent places that, that honor God. But if those become the mountain that we're climbing, we're not following the mission of Jesus. We're not following the mission that, that we're a part of. Because yeah, th- this, this mission is about bringing good news to those that are poor, whether it's physically or spiritually. It's about bringing release to the captive, whatever people are imprisoned by. If we're imprisoned by fear or we're imprisoned by success, by money, whatever imprisons us, whatever addiction, it's about release there. And, and whatever we're blind to, whether it's physically, spiritually, Emotionally, it's about giving us sight. I mean, just look at the target audience of this mission. The poor, the captives, the blind, the oppressed. With the mission of bringing good news, release, sight, and freedom. All to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the mission that, that we're about. Now, I was uh, um, I have the, the privilege uh, with three other um, eco-churches. That's our denomination that we're connected with, the Covenant Order of Evangelical Presbyterians. And there's three other churches in our general area that I'm sort of the representative from the presbytery to, which means I go visit them once a year and just check in with them and um, as, as part of our being connected. And um, I was at a, one of those churches um, recently, and they're in a, a particular wonderful conundrum. And, and it was an opportunity to, to really share this with them because they are in a real budget crisis. You know, they are, if, if money doesn't come in at a high rate, it's been coming in, they're going to have to um, do some significant things. Like, as they even said there, um, they, they said, we, we're, we're going to have to close the door of the church. And I said, building. And uh, what do you mean? I'm like, well, 
you're never going to close the door of the church. Because the church has nothing to do with the building. And literally doesn't have any doors. Church is people. Church is, is, is this community, this people that God has called to carry out his mission. And I'm sorry, the devil's been trying to stop that for a long time, and that hadn't stopped. So there's nothing you're going to do to stop God um, carrying out his mission through the work of the church. But you might have to close the building. But the thing was, it was just three weeks ago, that this, from when I visited, that this church baptized seven people at one service. And I'm like, man, this, the angels were rejoicing and celebrating because you are climbing the right mountain. You're on this journey with God. and other, I mean, That's the blind receiving their sight. I was a little more controlled and composed there. Because, I mean, it's it hard stuff for them because they're, the budget is, they got the bottoms, but the bucks in the buildings. Yeah, it's like, but wait a minute. This is the mission that you're about. You're, that, that, that's a summit to go and celebrate because the angels are celebrating. On an even more somber note, this last several weeks, the revelation of the continued clergy abuse in Pennsylvania um, was just devastating, heart-wrenching. If you haven't heard, some of you are now talking to me, what's he talking about? Yeah, you, yeah, you can go. Um, the person next to you will tell you. But you know, it was just some uh, clergy and um, in- inappropriate activity with some of the people in their um, congregation. Um, but, you know, and it's just, dis- it's absolutely distressing as a member of the clergy to be driving and hear of clergy abuse. I mean, that's certainly not climbing the right mountain. Um, uh, that's uh, the, the, the church getting well off the mission that God has for us. Now, um, on, again, more on the, the positive note, things again for us to celebrate. Just last week, had uh, um, one of you come in to the office, or it was maybe it's two weeks ago, and just share, you know, I know um, I don't want to waste your time, but I figure you don't get to hear stories like this. Um, and the, the cynic in me is like, yeah, okay, right. I mean, you've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of stories in 26 years of, of uh, ministry. But what this person wanted to come in and say is, you know, we had, um, wanted to just share with you how God's been releasing me from this anger and this lack of forgiveness, this holding a grudge with um, a, a family member of mine. And we just sat and celebrated that God is, was giving sight to the blind and releasing one who is captive, imprisoned by that anger and that pain that were real, but God has released them. Um, also, it's just two weeks ago, we had a wedding in this sanctuary. It was last weekend. Um, and the, the person that was married there um, was the first um, uh, in, in, in his family to get married in three generations. 
and uh, they, they came um, to me because of the work and ministry of the church. Uh, just so happens this person's brother was, um, uh, the, this person's younger brother uh, was in the WizKids program. And a member here had tutored them and cared for them and mentored them along the way and got to know the family. And then found out that not only the person who was married here, but then also this person's older brother um, was a part of the youth programs here five, six, seven years ago. And for those of you that remember Ron Witt when he was doing some of the things, they were a part of that. And even recounted at the rehearsal, the last time they were in this church building was a pizza party. And, uh, um, and then they went to see a movie, Batman, and remembered it vividly. And we got to be a part of that particular wedding where they were breaking out of all kinds of bondage. That's the mission that God has been carrying His people on of proclaiming and announcing the favor of the Lord on any and all who will turn to Him. Now, what I wonder um, for you um, today, um, in, in your, just in your own life, where, where is for you the places that God has you placed to be an expression of Jesus on this mission? Um, in, in what places are you entering where you see poverty of whatever kind it might be? Or um, being uh, uh, imprisoned or oppressed or blind. In, in some ways, in, in a word, it's where is there pain around you? Where, because that's what this is described, what Isaiah says, what Jesus, where is there pain? Because Jesus is to go into the place of pain and bring good news, bring grace of forgiveness, bring mercy of the love of God, bring the, the truth and power of the Holy Spirit to overcome as we've been singing. Where is that place? It may not even be around you. It may even be in you. The poverty of your own soul or life, an imprisonment of your own heart, a blindness of your own mind, an oppression of your dreams. Maybe it's in you. Maybe it's around you. But for us, as we read through the whole of the divine drama, we will see and hear and saturate in this mission of God that's been from the very beginning. Let's read the story together. Amen.